Volunteering to do your Medicare paperwork, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The porta potty of Medicare podcasts. He knows it's five o'clock somewhere. Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and hello, Amazon Prime delivery guy. My daughter in California ordered some shower heads and uh, some other water usage implements that are illegal in California, and they're being delivered to us here, and we're going to smuggle them over the line and get them to her so she can actually use water like real people in other parts of the country do. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just uh, (laughs) rewinding for the start of the episode. It's so wonderful to have you here with us. And my daughter is going to be happy when she hears this episode. I'm sure she listens carefully to everyone. She's going to be happy to know that her equipment has arrived. But this is Doug Jones, your Medicare expert. And we are enjoying another exciting, thrill-packed episode of Medicare for the Lazy Man. And we on Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast, celebrate the publication of my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. This is what I'm recommending to all of you listeners who have an impending encounter with Medicare. If you rush out to either barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com and purchase your choice of the copies available of my book, either the Kindle, the Audible, the paperback, or the magnificent hardcover book. If you purchase one of those and peruse it for maybe an hour to an hour and a half, depending on whether you move your lips when you read, you will know more about Medicare than almost everybody that you know. And you will be able to look like the smarty pants in your crowd whenever you get together for a neighborhood gathering or a family party. Uh, you'll be able to pontificate about Medicare to uh, ad nauseum, I would say, because the book is chock full of Medicare information that makes it really easy for Medicare eligibles to make that transition from Obamacare to Medicare. And I then step in when people have finished reading the book when they're ready to uh, enroll in Medicare, and I assist with that process, and I also assist in obtaining the insurance necessary to complete the picture. It's not expensive, and it certainly is helpful to uh, be constructing a a defense against high medical medical expenses should they ever occur. And if they don't occur, then the recommendations that I offer to people will not rob their bank accounts of needed assets uh, that they want to save up for retirement for future fun and games or whatever they want to do. I try to get the Medicare protection in place at a reasonable cost. And that's what I succeed in doing for most of my clients. So that's the nature of our business here today is Medicare, Medicare, Medicare. And every time I say that word, I see Randy cringing and, oh, God, he he really isn't happy with the subject matter because it's not as exciting as he would like. What would you like us to be talking about, Randy? I would like us to be talking about the 453 different reasons never to go within this at least 50 yards of a Medicare Advantage zombie. 
All right. So it's still Medicare related, but it's not necessarily uh, the, you know, it doesn't follow our modus operandi. I should. Right. So, so I have, I just have a little saying that I wanted to run, you know, run up the flagpole for the audience today. Yes. You know, we, we talk about Medicare supplement planning, but it's also known as Medigap. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to have a t-shirt printed. And if it's, if it's popular enough, I'm going to wear it through Cave Creek. And I'm going to, the t-shirt is going to say, don't get Medicrap, get Medigap. <laughs> Well, listen, when you order that T-shirt, let me see how it looks, because I may want to get one, too. Cool. There was, yeah. there was, a, time, there was a time when I ordered uh, hooded sweatshirts for the whole family. Actually, they were sweatsuits. It was a uh, promotion from the John Hancock back yeah. in 1987. It was uh, John Hancock, and the, the uh, saying that was on the back of the sweatshirts is, I'm fiscally fit. And uh, okay. so I got them for my whole family. And I don't know if you've seen pictures of the uh, the house that I recently sold in St. Charles, Illinois, but the front porch was stone and it had stone pillars and it looked like a castle, almost like an Irish castle. And um, I dressed them all up in their black hooded sweatshirts and it looked like a bunch of monks at a monastery. Yeah, it's kind of a spooky picture of uh, my siblings and there, some of them had spouses and my parents were there and it was a, a memorable picture. Well, I have one more thing I wanted to touch on before we kick into gear with the Medicare stuff. Sure. Uh, I, I mentioned in our last podcast that I had a bone to pick with the cell companies. Yeah. Okay. Well, here it is. Back in the day, those of us who have had cell phones for a few years, we used to have a cell service called 3G. Okay. We're at 5G okay. now, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're absolutely at 5G. Well, back in the 3G days, you know, I'm a technician, so I always like to get the newest and the biggest and the baddest technology sure. because that's just who I am. And you know what the I part did. number for the telephone jack that you plug in the wall is, too. That's right. And, and I always want the best and the newest. And that's how I developed in in high school. The nickname of Joe Gadge. Oh, really? <laughs> Joe Joe Gadget. Okay. Sure, sure. So so anyway, I go into a sales company here in Phoenix who shall remain nameless. And I say, I want to buy one of those new 4G phones. And they took me right over to the, the you know the display case and said, Yeah, we've got many, many, many 4G phones to choose from. I said, Well, I'll take one of those. I like that one. So I walked out of there with a new 4G phone and they said, oh, by the way, because you now have a 4G phone, you're going to have to pay a little extra on your cell plan because you got 4G. Okay. I didn't know that was going to happen, but uh, okay, fine. You know, bigger, better, better. You know, that's how it works. So then I get home and I'm playing. I get the whole thing set up, you know, like I wanted it. I'm, I'm going around going, okay, uh, you know, where's my 4G service at? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, Hurry so up. It, it's not showing up on my phone anywhere. It's still, you know, it's latching into the 3G network. So I called the people, or you know, I, made a, I may have gone back to the store. I don't remember. But anyway, I began investigating the problem with no 4G. Uh-huh. Now, buckle your seatbelt, Mr. Jones. All right. They said, we don't have 4G in Phoenix. Oh, they didn't bother to tell you that when you walked out of there with that expensive phone, though, no, did I, they? So, and I won't bother to tell you the rest of the conversation of 
how I told them I felt about being, you know, hornswoggled buying 4G when there wasn't any and being charged extra for it. I'm sure your remarks weren't suitable for a uh, a uh, family-oriented podcast. No. no, they had to clear all the children out of the store. <laughs> oh, boy. I can see where you would have been very perturbed. Um, oh, gosh, I, yes. Well, I got to tell you, I've learned to live with disappointment because over the last 20 years or so, I've gotten this house here in uh, Arizona. I've gotten, uh, I lived in uh, a massive mansion in St. Charles, Illinois for uh, probably close to 10 years. And I am now in the process of rehabbing a house in Wayne, Illinois. And none of those have cable or any kind of wired method of watching television or getting decent <laughs> uh, internet service. Every oh my time. God, that, I, that is terrible. Ah, I couldn't believe the only good news that, well, two pieces of good news came along at various times. One was after we had this house here in Cape Creek for about a year, I realized that my phone had you know, like four bars. And I, what is this? Maybe I've been struck blind or something. And it just never <laughs> happened. It usually yeah, has Randy, a half a bar. Randy certainly couldn't get four bars, but that's oh. okay. And even standing next to the window wouldn't do it. I'd have to go outside and, and stand on top of the car and, you know, to try to get service and make a phone call. And what happened was they built a uh, a tower by the library, not that far away, maybe 200 yards away. And yeah. it, it was uh, disguised as a cactus. Oh, so I, never oh knew. I, li yeah, I like those. Yeah. Yeah. I never knew what was happening. It just all of a sudden one day they turned it on and I had, I was able to make a phone call from my actual house, which was kind of nice. And then we were having an HOA meeting, and uh, one of the uh, one of the neighbors here, who was a real geek, said, uh, "I've got a stack of uh, eight and a half by eleven pieces of paper here. I want you each to take one. It's a new internet service provider, and uh, it is high speed because we were stuck with seven megabytes, maybe five megabytes on a bad day. Um, DSL coming through the telephone wires from our local phone company, and all yeah. of a sudden, here is." desert inet and they put a tower up on a mountain someplace and uh i put an antenna on my roof i wired it in my uh my router and all of a sudden i had fantastic internet service it took years to get to that point and it goes out every once in a while i have to call them up and say hey you know turn it off turn it back on <laughs> but it was uh it's slowly but then try to get that in illinois no dice no chance. There's, there seems to be a common thread here, Doug. Poor choices. Poor choices as related to internet service. Yeah, I don't know why that is. Well, let me tell you about some of the poor choices we can read about in future episodes. Not today. I just want to wet your whistle. No, wet your appetite. W-H-E-T. Uh, not W-E-T. Anyway, so I've got a short, a small stack of uh, Medicare Advantage uh articles here that I'll be looking forward to sharing with you in the future. The headlines are hospitals often charge commercial plans double or more than Medicare Advantage plans for the same services. So that means the Medicare Advantage insurance company is getting a break that other like employer health insurance plans do not get. And I think that is probably a bad thing for most of us that are not covered by Medicare Advantage plans. Here's another one. Medicare Advantage bonuses reach record high, and it names two companies that are the biggest winners of that lottery. 
government watchdogs attack Medicare Advantage for denying care and overcharging. That ought to be some interesting reading. Uh, Another article says the $20 billion scam at the heart of Medicare Advantage. And the final one that I have in this collection is Medicare Advantage insurers will collect at least $12.8 billion in federal bonus payments this year. This year it being 2023, a 30% increase from last year. So those things, I, you know, if I tore into those today, I would just lose control of my bodily functions because I get really, really upset. And so does Randy. So I think we're going to set those aside and enjoy them, some of them at another time. So let's, um, let's find some lighter fare for discussion. Ooh, the CDC, they're always good for, uh, a laugh or two, and the subject we have now for the the uh, changing nomenclature that they insist upon is uh, race and ethnicity. Wow, I may have to take a couple of episodes on this. They want us to change the way we talk about people, and they say for now, or for, for the future, do not ever say these things. Do not refer to people as their race or ethnicity. In other words, don't say blacks, don't say Hispanics, don't say Latinos, don't say whites, don't say American Indians or any other kind of Indians, I guess. Don't refer to people as colored people, colored Indian. I never said colored Indian in my life. Native American for federal publications. I don't know what that means. Don't say Eskimo. Don't say Oriental. Don't say Afro-American. That used to be what they wanted to be called. Don't say Negro. The word Negro means black in Spanish, but we're not allowed to say that anymore. And don't say Caucasian. Uh, As a white guy, I'm perfectly fine with Caucasian. If you want to use the term Caucasian, and I think Randy's probably going to say the same thing. Yes, Randy. I'm entirely okay with the concept of Caucasian, but I'm wondering where on that list does cracker come? Well, it's probably it's wedged in between Negro and Caucasian. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) But I don't see it. I'll have to look more closely later on. And and uh, then they don't want you to use the so-and-so community. That's all people say, the black community, the gay community, this community, that community. But they don't want you, the CDC, on the cutting edge of societal evolution, as Rush Limbaugh used to say. And they don't want you to use non-white, which is used with or without specifying non-Hispanic or Latino. Try to explain that one to me. Anyway, here's the stuff that they want us to say instead of all that that I just mentioned. They say, try this. For racial groups, they want us to say American Indians or Alaskan Native persons slash communities slash populations, Uh, Asian persons, Black or African American persons, or Black persons. Now, Black or African American. American persons, and then they wrote black persons. So there's a, a little redundancy in the CDC. Native Hawaiian persons. Well, I'm a native Oklahoman person. They didn't list that here as one of the preferred new uh, titles. Pacific Islander persons. White persons. Ooh, white Oklahoman persons, I would suppose. People who identify with more than one race. People of more than one race. Persons of multiple races. Boy, I don't know how many staffers they had working on this project. Hispanic or Latino persons. When describing a combination of racial or ethnic groups, 
For example, three or more subgroups, not two. It's got to be at least three, if not more, then um, we've got to use the term people from some racial and ethnic groups or people from racial and ethnic minority groups. Then they have notes. Well, they got a lot of notes here. Preferred terms listed for racial and ethnic groups align with, oh, God, you know something? I think I'm going to read the notes next time because this uh, this is a long list of notes that uh, explain. Yes, Randy. I had one that I, we probably should add to the list. Please do. Don't ever use the phrase governmental intelligence when referring <laughs> to the CDC. That would be an oxymoron, I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, you know, the next category we have might be right up your uh, your cracker suggestion uh, the, uh, cracker, uh, the concept of this next category is rural. And so I'm thinking that, uh, we're going to hear the word cracker at some point when I discuss the rural, uh, people that, uh, the CDC wants us to change the name of everything's got to change. And I think it's because they like correcting people. We're going to tell you what we think you should do because we're smarter than you. So speaking of being smarter than me, I ran across a, uh, Medicare source of information from the University of Oklahoma. And uh, this person calls themselves Savvy Senior. And I know that's close enough to silver that Randy is not pleased with it. But the Savvy Senior is a question and answer thing. Now, there's a guy named Jim Miller, whose name is attached to this, but it says he's a guest columnist. So I don't know if he's always the one who answers their Medicare questions or not. But the Savvy Senior addresses the question today, how does Medicare cover preventive health services? Here's what to know. It says, Dear Savvy Senior, how does Medicare cover preventive health screenings? I'm due to get a physical and a colonoscopy this year, but I want to find out what I'll have to pay before I go in. Signed, Just Turned 65. And the answer is Just Turned. Dear Just Turned, you'll be happy to know that Medicare covers a wide array of preventive and screening services to help you stay healthy. But not all services are completely covered. Here's what you should know. And the first section is free preventive benefits. Most of Medicare's preventive services are available to all Medicare participants through Part B of Medicare. Completely free with no co-pays or deductibles as long as you meet basic eligibility standards. Mammograms, colonoscopies, shots against flu, pneumonia, COVID-19, and hepatitis B, screenings for diabetes, depression, osteoporosis, the list goes on and on, counseling to, for obesity, alcohol abuse, and smoking. These are just some of the uh, Medicare's latest or lengthy list of covered services. But to get these services for free, you need to go to a doctor who accepts Medicare on assignment. Now, as we learned a couple of episodes ago, that means he takes the Medicare-approved amount for treatment as 100% of his reimbursement. He is not um, uh, one of these people who has opted out of Medicare or who is able to charge you the extra 15%. Uh, let's see. Also, the tests are free only if they're used at specific intervals. For example, cardiovascular screening, blood tests once every five years, or colonoscopy once every 10 years or every two years if you're at high risk. Medicare also offers a free welcome to Medicare exam with your doctor in your first year, along with an annual wellness visit thereafter. Uh, 
this cracked Randy up. He's yucking it up over there, but I don't know what <laughs> I, and I'm afraid to ask because the, the crickets are going to interrupt his answer. I'm pretty sure, but don't confuse these with full physical examinations. These are prevention focused visits that provide only an overview of your health and the medical risk factors. And they serve as a baseline for future care. So cost sharing services says here, there are, however, a few Medicare preventive services that do require some out-of-pocket cost sharing. With these tests, you'll have to pay 20% of the cost of the service after you've met your $226 Part B annual deductible. That's $226 this year of 2023. The services that fall under this category include glaucoma tests, diabetes self-management trainings, barium enemas to detect colon cancer, and digital rectal exams to detect prostate cancer. For a complete list of services along with their eligibility requirements, visit medicare.gov slash coverage slash preventive dash screening dash services. If you're enrolled in Medicare Advantage plan, uh, your plan is also required to cover these things in the same manner as Medicare with a Medicare supplement, uh, as long as you see in-network providers. Now, hidden costs, you also need to know that while most of these previously listed Medicare services are free, you can be charged for certain diagnostic services or additional tests or procedures related to the preventive service. For example, if your doctor finds and removes a polyp during your preventive care colonoscopy screening, you will pay 15% of the doctor's service fee. Or if during your annual wellness visit, your doctor needs to investigate or treat a new or existing problem, you will probably be charged here too. Don't forget your Medicare supplement will take care of the excess charges for you if you have met your your, uh, annual deductible. This year, that's $226. You may also have to pay a facility fee depending on where you receive the services. To eliminate billing surprises, talk to your doctor before any preventive service or procedure to find out if you may be subject to a charge and what it would be. Now, I went to that uh, website, Preventive and Screening Services, Medicare Part B Medical Insurance, and here's a lengthy list of things. I just pulled one out and printed the explanation. These are all links. And if you look at this list and you see something that you want to learn more about, click on it, and uh, that link will take you to a more full explanation. The one I clicked on was blood-based biomarker tests. So that's one of the things that Medicare will pay for. And when I clicked on that, it led me to an article entitled Colorectal Cancer Screen- uh, Blood-Based Biomarker Screenings. This is covered under Medicare Part B. Uh, Medicare Part B covers a blood-based biomarker lab test to screen for colorectal cancer if you meet all these conditions. Here are the conditions. You're between 45 and 85. You show no symptoms of colorectal disease, uh, including but not limited lower gastrointestinal pain, blood in stool, or positive guachiac fecal occult blood test or fecoimmunochemical test, and you're at average risk for developing colorectal cancer, meaning you have no personal history um, of colorectal cancer or inflammatory bowel disease, including Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, and you have no family history of these cancers. If, if that's the case, you qualify, and your costs in original Medicare are zero. If your doctor... Um, 
or other health care provider accepts assignment. Things to know, Medicare covers a blood-based biomarker test once every three years. And then there are a bunch of related resources that you can click on if you're a glutton for punishment and you want to learn even more. So Randy has recovered from his laughing. Oh, no, now he's going back. Okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's let's find out what's going on on your side of the screen, Randy. For some reason that <clears throat> the welcome to Medicare just tickles me. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, re- rather than welcome to Medicare. So what does this say? I, I know I got one, but, uh, you know, what does the welcome to Medicare message say? Hey, you are a freaking old dude now. Well, it's worse than that. It's like, um, do you smoke? And and Randy and I are both going to say, well, we wish we did, but we don't. Yeah. Okay. Well, don't ever do it. Yeah. You know, don't ever do that. That's the kind of advice you're going to get during your annual, or no, excuse me, your one-time only welcome to Medicare. You can only get that during the first 12 months that you've enrolled in Medicare. They give you 12 months and then you can never have it again. No, so more, welcome, no more welcome notes, huh? No, it's kind of like a baseline. Okay. Uh, are you fat? <laughs> you <know? laughs> okay. Well, don't be fat. Don't be so, quit eating. Uh, so they, it, it, it just tickles. It tickles me to death. I don't know why. They establish a baseline. Yes, I'm fat. And then they say, here's how you fix that problem. Don't be fat. And, and then, of course, you went down the list of things that were available for, uh, you know, services, uh, some of it preventative and all that kind of thing. And, and I just the thought, you know, my mind works in strange ways, Doug. And I'm and I'm still I'm still thinking the whole time that you're doing it. I'm I'm thinking, sign me up. This looks like fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> here's the deal. I didn't go through the whole list. Uh, you would have been taking a nap by then. Your afternoon nap would have been moved up <laughs> to the uh, recording time of this episode. If you go to that uh, website or that um, URL that I gave, uh, which is on the Medicare.gov website, you're going to find a much more lengthy list than I addressed today. And if you put in the search window on Medicare.gov, is my test covered? then you will find the same list. So there are a couple of ways to find it. But they've got all kinds of testing that they do, and some of it's free, some of it you pay a share, like the coinsurance or the the annual deductible and then coinsurance. Um, but they're really geared towards uh, preventive testing and preventive uh, stuff. So there are people who love that stuff, frankly, I don't want to hang around a doctor's office that much unless I think there's a good reason to. Now, people would say, well, you're going to drop dead in your sleep or something, but uh, maybe not. Maybe not. I had an interest. I had a doctor, uh, my personal physician years ago, and I said, you know, that was this was when that full body, you know, slides you through some sort of machine, full body scan thing came out. Yep. And. I kid you not, I won't name the doctor's name, but I said, should I get one of those? And she goes, well, sometimes you find out what you don't want to know. Oh, that's not a a bad way to look at things. If you can't do anything about it without hacking yourself open, then maybe it's best not to have any bad news. Well, here's here's some bad news my neighbor across the street uh, got. He's 80 years old but he's very spry 80 and um, you would never know that he's 80 because he runs around doing stuff all the time, very active. And of course we have our neighborhood happy hours (laughs) fairly frequently. 
And um, we've had to limit them because they were getting out of control. So we now have a strictly uh, oriented starting time and an ending time that's a little on the uh, gray side, you know, can go over and and nobody's going to get too upset. We don't cook massive dinners anymore because that was way too much work. So we have snacks. And um, this this guy announced during one of our happy hours that uh, he had to go to a specialist to find out why his liver readings, his liver enzymes were elevated, his uh, test readings were out of normal, and he thinks uh, he might have huge liver problems because his doctor told him that he obviously had damaged his liver by having too much fun over the years, too many uh evenings out with the boys, that kind of stuff. And he is very disturbed by this. We found out later, because he went to the, the specialist that he was sent to, and the specialist uh, looked at the test results and looked him over and um, said, why are you here? <laughs> he said, well, because I think I might have damaged my liver. Your liver's fine. There's nothing wrong with you. Get out of here. So that's what the specialist said. We found out that the doctor's daughter or wife, I can't remember which, is a raging, out-of-control alcoholic. And so to him, remember when you said, if you've got a hammer, everything looks like a nail? Yeah, well, to, to this doctor, everybody that likes an occasional cocktail is an alcoholic, out-of-control, needing specialist intervention. And yeah. so we learned a valuable lesson there. Basically, if you're going to use this guy as your physical, your PCP, your primary care physician, lie to him. Oh, yeah. Do you drink? Nope. Nope. How many? I've got a great physician. I, I He is the best physician I've ever had. And when I go in for my annual physical, mm-hmm. there's not there. I mean, he'll listen to my heart, you know, on this kind of things. But he'll say, how are you feeling? Great. You see, having any problems doing this, that, the other thing? Nope. Okay. You're good. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, my dermatologist is very much like that. He's got very sharp eyes. So I'll go in there. He'll look me over, but we'll be talking about other entirely unrelated subjects. One time we discussed uh, how miniguns work, uh, yeah. the, the guns they use from helicopters in uh, M60 miniguns in uh, Vietnam, and just stuff like that. Uh, I he uh, The last time I was there, we discussed why it looked like I swallowed a basketball. He wanted to know what brand it was and how I actually managed to get it down. And it's just... Uh, um, you know, it's the conversations can be unrelated to anything in reality, but it kind of removes the stigma of being at the doctor's office and being stared at while you're half naked by somebody who may cut you or shoot you with a Freon. <laughs> and, well, you and know, then he, then he says, get dressed and get out. That, that's right. That's right. Bottom line is I am not that comfortable in a doctor's office anyway. Oh, me yeah. neither. I hate going to doctors. I don't think office. anybody is, and, and I'm certainly not comfortable in a dentist's office for obvious reasons that you know. But my dentist takes my blood pressure every time I walk in. Yeah, sky high, I bet, right? And I am what my doctor, my physician has always affectionately called a hot reactor. Uh, I, I, my normal blood pressure is, is normal. Yeah. I go into a dentist's office and hop up on the chair it literally right it literally raises by about 25 points i call that lab coat syndrome and i've got yeah. it. 
I don't even have to go in the office with the, you know, the person wearing the lab coat. I can just be in the same building knowing that I've got to go there eventually. There's a lab coat someplace. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll, by God, I'll find it and I'll be afraid of it. Um, so I have a manometer at home. I take my blood pressure several times in the week prior to my office visit. And I keep track of all those readings and I take them in and I hand them to the person who is uh, chastising me for having elevated blood pressure. And yeah. when they say, oh, oh, well, you're probably okay then. It makes my lab coat syndrome perfectly understandable to the person. And yeah. they stop they stop bitching at me. I, I've had it my whole, well, I don't know about my younger life because I never had my blood pressure taken when I was young. But as soon as someone started doing that, I mean, literally I got sent to like one time and my blood pressure was so high I was at a doctor and he goes, oh, my God, you're going to die any day now. Your blood pressure is so high. We need to check you into the hospital and yeah. do some tests. And we're going to put head's, you on. Your head's going to explode, I'm sure. My, my head's going to explode. And I'm going, uh, no. But anyway, long story short is that's that's how it all got started. And it's still true. To this day, I can raise my blood pressure 20 points just by thinking about a dentist. Oh, yeah. Well, I've got a doctor in Chicago, and uh, he's a great guy, uh, a reasonable guy. And uh, I go there once a year, maybe once every couple of years. And in this magnificent, huge downtown Chicago medical building, this tower, Northwestern Memorial Hospital is in, uh, I am always ushered into the office by a nurse, maybe? and physician's assistant or somebody. And one time it was this girl I'd never seen before. And she took all the information down and blah, blah, blah. And then there was a scale with a height measurement on it. She took the, uh, she told me to step on the scale, which I did. And she took down a reading that was outrageously high, you know, pushing, uh, well, I'm not going to say, but pushing a lot more weight than I normally carry around. And then she took that slide that measures how tall you are, smacked it down on my head. So I'm pretty sure that it bent. And uh, she told me what the results were. And when I when the doctor came in, I said, look, I got to tell you, I think you might want to change a couple of these readings. I don't think they're very accurate. And he turned and he showed he, he pointed at this machine and he said, just look at that damn thing. Who cares what it says? He said, that's the oldest piece of crap in the whole building. Don't worry about it. So your doc says, is that height measurement with or without the divot and putting your top of your head? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the whole thing was he had a good attitude about the, the results of that measurement uh, from that particular scale. He said, don't even worry about it. It's a piece of crap. Yeah, I get it. You know something? We are out of time. Oh, boy. We've used up some extra time for the next few episodes. Yeah, the 75 cents is gone, so I'm going to bring the boat into the harbor and try to dock it with those little thruster jets. That's what I'm going to use. Well, that's going to be fun. Tell me how that works out for you. I will. I will. But we need to do a couple things before we sign off. One is don't forget to send Doug some email at dbj at mlmmailbag.com because he looks for it in the mailbox every morning. And he's seriously depressed when it's empty. And we don't want that. After that, I want to talk about the fact that Doug is licensed nationwide to help you with your Medicare supplement planning. You can check us out at MedicareForTheLazyMan.com. 
Doug talked about his books and a variety of other things. And if you could find a way in a couple minutes to give us a review on the website and the book, that would be awesome because it helps us out immensely. But last but not least, we want to thank you for joining us. You could have been a hundred different places doing a hundred different things and you weren't. You chose to spend a little bit of time with us on the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. But if you weren't checking your watch, it's been about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma. No more. He is up in the high ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona. Today, I saw him up there with his Army surplus binoculars. Looking for Medicare Advantage salesmen. We call them zombies. And my other name for Medicare Advantage, if I if I haven't told you enough on the, the podcast, it's called Medicrap. <laughs> I like that. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. We'll look forward to our next visit together. Bye-bye. <laughs>